Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome back. Another week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bank Core Studio here in Hattiesburg, Luke. Southern Bank Core Studio in Laurel. We're glad you're with us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Sports and, of course, the Eagle Hour. And we're grateful to them for all they do. Great place to call the next time you're going to cater an event. Dickie specializes in catering, and they can set you up no matter what size event. Uh, Dickie's has a plan for you. All right, it's Monday. We always talk to head baseball coach Scott Berry, and what a great weekend uh, for the Golden Eagles as they sweep James Madison and uh, show up in both top 25 polls again this morning. Number 24 in D1, number 25 in Baseball America, RPI up to 15 and Warren Nolan, the RPI, and uh, that's a, a big part of uh, the weekend sweep over James Madison. Head Coach Scott Berry joins us. Coach, let's uh, get into all games. We're going to start with Tuesday night. We don't uh, we don't avoid anything. I know that you were not happy uh, with your team's performance uh, against Alabama. Well, Mark, you just ruined my day. We have to go back and talk to that. <laughs> we don't have to spend much time. That was a... Uh, we got took to the woodshed what happened on, on that Tuesday night, in all honesty. And I know there's been a lot of talk about the travel issues and spending the night in the airport and was fatigue had, had set in. And, you know, I'm not going to use that as an excuse at all. You know, I just feel like the, the honest um, uh, thing that I can say is, is that we just, we got beat. We got beat pretty bad in, in all areas. And uh, so, you know, w- at the end of that night, certainly it was disappointing to, to travel that far and, and, and get it handed to us like we did. But, you know, at that moment, we had to forget about it and move forward to the new opportunity, and that was, uh, or the next opportunity, that was, was against uh, James Madison on, on Friday night. So, yeah, we just didn't do anything well enough on, on Tuesday. We would have liked to probably thrown Armistead a lot more, but we knew with, with Matt Adams down that uh, Will was going to be a, a major uh, a potential uh, impact guy for us on the weekend, and we just couldn't throw him more than three innings. And certainly those three innings that he did throw at Tuscaloosa gave us a lot of confidence moving forward in using him. No question. Sometimes in sports you just get your butt whipped, Coach. I mean, to put it bluntly, and uh, that happens to everybody. You know, I mean, that, hap- that happens to the New England Patriots sometimes, Uh well, it does, and uh, you know. It, but like I said, it was just one of those nights where nothing, uh, nothing we did helped ourselves in, in in any area of the game. 
That's right. Well, let's move on to the weekend because the weekend sure was fun. Uh, Friday night, uh, you beat James Madison. First time they've ever uh, been at the peak. Close game, 7-6. to six. thought it was an interesting night in that I don't think Tanner Hall uh, had his best night ever. He gave up 12 hits, most of those singles. Uh, that was a career high. But you got a great relief effort from uh, Sibley, and uh, your team did what they had to do to win the ball game, and it was a good start to the weekend series. Well, you're right. I mean, I don't feel like Tanner had his best stuff either. And uh, credit James Madison for really having some really good at-bats uh, against them. And, you know, sometimes this game is uh, it's, it's kind of funny, Bob, because, you know, if you look at the look at the lines, they out-hit us. Uh, they played better defense. You know, we made three errors that night. But the only column that really matters when it's all said and done is the runs column, and we scored one more than them. But I really thought that the key to that game was – the bottom of the first inning after they kind of punched us in the mouth and scored a run there in, in the first inning that we were able to come back with, with three runs there in the bottom half. And, you know, two of those were Danny, Danny Lynch's opposite field double off the wall for two RBIs. And then Rodrigo follows up with an RBI single. So I really felt like that put the wheels in motion for us offensively, uh, particularly coming off that Tuesday night where we were shut out in Tuscaloosa. No question. And then you uh, you roll around till Saturday. It rain delayed us for four hours. But boy, I got to tell you, Billy Odom just he just looked like a stud on the mound. I know you had to really be proud of that kid. Well, you know, I really am because Billy's been doing some midweek stuff for us, and certainly, uh, unfortunately, the the injury to uh, Matt Adams opened the door up a little bit for for his spot to be replaced and. Billy had to step in there for us, and, and we were glad. You know, it's kind of like uh, kind of like Tanner Hall did uh, last year where he kind of covered those midweek games, and then all of a sudden we got to conference, and we put him in there in that rotation on the weekend. Well, we're a little deeper in the, in the conference season, but still Billy was that important guy in that midweek starts that we were using. But, boy, he was really good on Saturday particularly for those first six innings or the only six innings that he covered before the delay. And I really felt like he could have covered eight innings and might even been able to complete game that thing. But he only threw 73 pitches, Bob, there in those right. six innings on only one hit and no runs, eight strikeouts and one walk. So he was really, really dealing until the, the rain and the lightning set in. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought when the lightning started, that I looked at his pitch count up on the scoreboard, and I thought, "Well, heck, he's you know he's got a lot of he's got a lot of pitches left." But obviously, uh, obviously, the the rain interrupted that. Now you sit out for four hours. Your team comes back. You you hold James Madison scoreless at the top of what would have been the what eighth eighth inning, seventh inning, seventh inning, and then then our guys explode. Really start hitting the baseball. Uh, what what did you do in those four hours? And, and what do you think? Uh, what what do you have to do to, to come out after a delay like that and get right back in the groove, Coach? Well, well, your hope, hopefully, you know, you woke up from your nap because that's what most of them did when I walked in the locker room to kind of give them the, uh, the, uh, the schedule <laughs> of when we thought we were going to start and that they could be back on the field at 4 o'clock. Most of them were laid all over the, uh, all over the uh, locker room like we were in, in the airport there in Charlotte on that Saturday before, but you know, I felt like it was honestly to our advantage. And I told uh, Coach Ackenberry, uh, the uh, James Madison coach, who who I've gotten to know on this trip, really, really like, 
I think he's just a class person and obviously runs a great program. But I told him, I said, man, I think you were at the disadvantage having to go back to the hotel when your guys get out of what a routine they would normally be. It was kind of a routine for us because we got to hang around our our own facility that we're at all the time anyway. Uh, But I really kind of felt like that played in. I'll tell you another real key was is that they had brought in in the bottom of the sixth uh, a left-hander that I thought was really good, a guy that dropped down from the side. Uh, you know, Slade got a base hit off from him, but then we he got the next three guys out on a line drive to, to left field and then two back-to-back Ks to end that. So, you know, where he only threw, I think, 13 pitches in that in that uh, inning, uh, I was kind of surprised that they did not bring him back, uh, and but I was glad that, that they didn't, and they opted to go a different direction. And I think that's when it really took off. And it took off because of Nick Monastery's one-out walk there in the bottom of the seventh. That's what got that thing going. Of course, we loaded the bases. Dickerson got a two-RBI single, and then Slade hit the three-run homer to all of a sudden going from what was a shutout game for them and now they're down five to nothing, and uh, that was that was a big statement for our guys. They're coming off that that rain delay. All right, and then Sunday, uh, you you guys come out, you just bash them, and uh, you've got Matthew Etzel, Dustin Dickerson, Slade Wilkes, Christopher Sargent going twelve of sixteen with twelve RBI, and uh, nothing more dramatic than a grand slam home run followed by another home run, and then. Two innings later, these guys go back-to-back again. It was quite an offensive explosion yesterday afternoon. Well, you know, we're scoring the first three innings, 10 runs, and of those 10 runs, several of them were with two outs. So, you know, we've been missing on those opportunities all year, it seems like. So it was great to see us really consistently go out there and and score those runs with two outs. But once again, we saw our, our offense in the bottom of the first hit them after they came out and, and, and went up one to nothing in the top. We came back, scored three in the bottom, and took that momentum back and continued to just keep that momentum and and, uh, and put runs on the board. And it was just too much at the end of the day for them. But really thought that Nico, uh, in that absence of, of Matt Adams, where uh, you know he would have normally uh, been, uh, got got the start, and uh, I thought he responded well. You know we've been looking for him to kind of make that adjustment. His last three starts hadn't been what what we wanted or he wanted, but you know I felt like with the five innings only giving up three hits and one run, I thought he pitched pretty good. If he can get that change up going a little bit better, certainly that'll that'll get him off the, off his fastball. But it was good to see Isaiah Rhodes go out there and have a clean inning as well as. Uh, Chandler Dawson, he gave, he gave up an unearned run, uh, but, uh, you know, it was good to get a couple other guys in there as well. No question. Great weekend for the Golden Eagles as they sweep James Madison, uh, Louisiana Tech, and then a major, major showdown this weekend with Coastal Carolina. More from head baseball coach Scott Berry on the other side of this Super Talk Eagle Hour break.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we're glad you're with us. We want to get right back to it. This segment sponsored by uh, Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net on Hardy Street. Coach Berry will testify to what a fine lady Kathleen is, and uh, she runs the place. Be sure to tell her that the, her friends on the Eagle Hour said hello when you're in there. All right, Golden Eagles, uh, number 24 in D1, number 25 in Baseball America, RPI up to 15. Two big big opponents coming up this week, Louisiana Tech uh, tomorrow night, Coastal Carolina over the weekend. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach Barry. Coach, uh, it's good to see Sargent hit uh, two home runs yesterday. He's been barreling the ball up. But normally when a guy would hit you know, two home runs in a game, he'd be the story. But uh, Slade Wilkes, it was just historic uh, what he did over the weekend, but especially yesterday. Well, he's really swinging it well, and you know, and has been for quite a while. And I think the difference is, is you know, I think in in years past that we've seen, he's always had you know that that swing that's going to really hurt you if he connects it. But a lot of times, it would be balls that would be fouled back, or if not swung swung at, missed. And now this year, as, as he's matured, he's he's getting those balls and he's not missing them, and that's what good. Good hitters do. When they get their pitch, they, they square it up, and that's what you're seeing a lot of out of, out of Slade. And when the thing that I like about him is that he's showing uh, the ability to go to both sides of the field. It isn't just pull side. You know, he's, he's hitting doubles the other way and getting a sacrifice fly the other day. Uh, I think it was yesterday. They're the first run of the game to, to left field. And so that's, to me, he's using the whole field and, and controlling both sides of the plate. It was interesting that both of those home runs came on 3-0 counts, so kudos to you giving him uh, that green light. You had to with the bases loaded. But um, I had, had some people ask me about this as well, and, and uh, you know, usually uh, pitch calling has been, you know, in, in the earpiece. Oz uh, will radio it in. Saw some uh, wristbands this week. Talk, talk about that, Coach, and how that system works. Well, we've been waiting on these bands to come in for some time. We ordered them probably oh, six weeks ago, and a lot of people are going to them, and and rightfully so. It makes everything much easier. It makes it quicker. There's not any mix-ups. And I think more importantly, it, it eliminates the signs that a catcher now has to give between his legs that can be picked off at second base by a runner. That now synergy, the our scouting system that everybody uses, that when you're sitting there, a lot of people have people that do nothing but try to break the signs of what the catcher's doing with runners at second base. Uh, so that they can relay signs once they play you. So this eliminates all of that. So there's a uh, our, our sign system for whatever that pitch is, whatever zone that we're calling it in, whether it's off the plate or it's outside to the hitter or inside to the hitter or we want to elevate it, uh, we can punch that in both the hitter or I'm sorry, both the pitcher and the catcher can look at that number system and they're both on the same page and they know what, what, what they're throwing and what they're calling. So uh, it's. I mean, it. It really. At, at first, when they when when I first heard about it and all that, I was like, "Good night. What are we doing in this game?" But honestly, having after watching us do it this this weekend, uh, it's it's a game changer in that department. Kelly, you were talking about uh, these gadgets, and let's while we're on the subject, the oven mitts that uh, that base runners now seem to be putting on their hands. One of the fans said, well, you, you think it's maybe because the Eagles are cooking right now? That they, I said, well, yeah, they're, they're cooking. They're, they're, but I don't think it has anything to do with that kind of cooking. Well, no, and everybody, I mean, you see that all over everywhere you play. There's certain base runners that are going to have that, that put that bit on to, 
to protect that throwing hand when they slide in at second or any base keeps from jamming it into the base or uh, or somebody stepping on it. Uh, so that's just giving added protection. Of course, we talked off the air. It also allows that base runner, if he's stealing a base, to have probably about three three inches more to be safe with the extension of that bed out there than he would if he had his bare hand. So uh, there is a little bit of an advantage that's brought in, too, with that uh, bed on the base runner. Well, now that you just mentioned that, Coach, every travel team in South Mississippi will be going out and get, getting these, these yeah. oven mitts now for these guys. We talked earlier in the year that, that pitching will usually beat hitting particularly particularly early in the year. But now your guys seem to be, and as you mentioned, using all fields, particularly with Slade Wilkes. Man, you guys are seeing it really well right now. What is it about as the season goes on, the hitters do tend to, to catch up more with the pitching? Well, I just think that they start getting more, uh, more at-bats under their belt. Uh, obviously, I think the pitching starts getting a little bit fatigued and stressed. Uh, you know, the, the arm can only take so much, so... You only got so many bullets in those arm, uh, in that arm, and obviously there's some people that throw more innings than others. But you know, still, as you get deeper in the season, that that arm starts to get a little bit tired. So you know, maybe it's the velocity starts coming down a little bit. Maybe it's missing spots. But I think that's what you usually see as as the season gets going and gets deeper in there. Hitters uh, start putting better barrels on the ball. Now, talk about all that stuff they're wearing. i got to tell you this, Coach. Nobody does it more dramatically than Dustin Dickerson. If you walk Dickerson, it's, it's almost like a play, watching all the stuff come off his body. He's like a snake shedding his skin. Just, <laughs> like Everything just falls off on the ground before he runs the first. It's he's just got, all of his stuff. A lot of armor. All of his, a lot of armor on him. Yeah, he he's has a wash tub of stuff just on his own. <laughs> he, a whole washer full of stuff. But I tell you what, that young man, he is playing really, really well and, and has secured that two-hole for us and, and uh, has, has played it very nicely. He's gotten some really big hits. Yesterday, he used the right side, Etzel. You know, got a base hit, stole second, had nobody out. He got a pitch to go the other way to to move him or get him in, and that's just exactly what he did. He did move him and got him in for an RBI base hit. So, really proud of of his his uh, his at bats and how they're so competitive and really really mature uh, at, for him. And a great defensive shortstop, just a great. He really is. Shortstop. Yeah, he let one get away there yesterday in the seventh on a on a bad throw, feeding Monastery at second base. But mm-hmm. that doesn't happen very often. You know, you've had a history of great shortstops, Coach, great defensive players at shortstop. Well, uh, hopefully that's what we go out and sign. That's what we target. So, uh, yeah, But you're right. We've been blessed to have some really good ones there and good leaders, too. No question. Luke, I think you had something else for Coach. Yeah, Coach. So um, get to take on Louisiana Tech tomorrow in a midweek. Got a little respite after having the road uh, you know, stretch. Now you guys got five in a row starts in Ruston tomorrow night. And then uh, talk about uh, the huge series uh, this weekend out in uh, Conway. Well, it just seems like we just got back home off on the road, which we did. You know, prior to this weekend, we had our, our – last eight games seven of them were on the road so we were able to to get back home for these three but now we're back on the road for five and it starts tomorrow night over at Louisiana Tech Uh, you know always a tough place to play and ton of respect for Lane and his program and and, uh, the way those guys compete so another challenging uh, midweek game for us and then we return and and then head to uh, our league leading uh, opponent the uh, Coastal Carolina 
boys. So they're playing really well. Thought they might lose the series yesterday, but they hit a couple of home runs there in the, I believe, the tenth inning, top of the tenth against Old Dominion, and, and then held on to win that game yesterday, four to two, to win that series. So they look like they're really good and, and playing well. Hadn't looked at them yet at all, uh, you know, concentrating on Law Tech, but. You know, this these next four games certainly are going to be pretty tough ones. As uh, you know, as the the standings go in 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 the conference, uh, Eagles right now all alone in uh, at ten and five, Coastal at eleven and four, but then Troy, Old Dominion, Louisiana, Texas State, uh, all at nine and six. I mean, this is how you saw the Sun Belt was going to work—just a bunch of teams. Um, you know, stacked up like this, and and kind of the key is just keep on plugging away, winning series. Yeah, that's all you can do. Uh, you know, that it, of course, any league that you're in, it changes week to week. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that happen. There's a lot of series that get won by the other, other, uh, team that you didn't think was going to win it. So at the end of the day, you just try to concentrate on your own and control what you can. And, and that's what your team does. And, and you hope your team looks at it just like that, that the most important game on the schedule is the next one. And, uh, that's, you know, that's what we try to preach around here. You know, Coach, you told us at the start of the year when we asked you about the schedule and the level of difficulty in the schedule that you felt like it would really build your RPI, and man, has it ever. I mean, you're 22 and 12. You've got a number 15 RPI. You're going to play a number 9 RPI team. You're, you know, you could easily be a top 10 RPI team by the end of the weekend. Well, that's the, you know, that's the, the goal and the objective of playing that hard schedule that you hope it pays off and you do that based on uh, historical numbers of, of your teams that you schedule and where they've been and try to do like a four-year RPI uh, history on them and that's going to put you there uh, where you want to be. It doesn't always happen. There's some teams that just don't have good years that you were banking on them to, to do that. But you know, I think the one positive uh, for us, and I don't look at RPIs. I didn't realize we were where you, where you said we were until you just said it. But uh, I do know that we've got some really quality teams in the Sun Belt that are going to help build that RPI within our own schedule, uh, much like the uh, much like the other conferences year in year out of the Power Fives that do for themselves. So, with us and Old Dominion and James Madison and, and Marshall, you know, coming in, uh, certainly that's made this conference much stronger, and everybody's going to benefit from it. Coach, I love gloating about our RPI and ranking. I'm your go-to guy anytime you want to know how high the RPI is. You just call me, okay? I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, Coach. Thanks as always. All right, guys. Thank you. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, after a great baseball weekend. Going to go to practice this afternoon. Try to find out what they're feeding Slade Wilkes, Kelly. Get us a couple oven mitts, Bob, while we're out Don't there. they do that? Maybe some of the body armor. Yeah. They wear. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, 4th Street Barn Grill. That's where we're going to be Friday, Kelly. Catfish Friday. They sponsor this segment of the Eagle Hour. We appreciate all they do. They're good friends of ours, and we highly recommend them. as a great place to have lunch uh, Monday through Friday. Lunch is really fantastic. And if you want to catch a good Southern Miss baseball game and have a good time around other Golden Eagle fans, I guarantee you they'll have them this weekend 
Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Again, we'll be there uh, Friday. Uh, looking forward to that. Also, uh, Thursday, we're going to be at Wally Properties in Ellisville. Big day. We're going to have uh, the midday Super Talk show there, followed by the Eagle Hour. We're going to be talking about all the family, uh, you know, the lineage of great family businesses that come out of Jones County. And many are international companies. Howard Industries is a great example, selling uh, selling their products literally all over the world from Laurel, Mississippi. So we're looking forward to uh, to being in Ellisville on Thursday and 4th Street Bar and Grill on Friday. I also want to remind you, and uh, can't do this enough, uh, D1 has the Golden Eagles 24th in the nation, Baseball America 25. Kelly Santer, number 15 RPI team in the country. That's what, because people will sometimes say, man, when you look, why are we scheduling all these tough teams? That's why. Right. Is because the coaches and the people that, that follow this stuff know that that's what gets you the consideration, even right. if you don't win your conference tournament, that's what gets you the bid in the postseason, which is what everybody plays for. And Luke, dare I say that Southern Mississippi of the Sunbelt Conference is the only Mississippi school ranked in the top 25. Dare I say that? I mean, you wouldn't be lying or misrepresenting no. reality. No. Yeah. Uh, but speaking, you know, speaking about RPI, just – the way RPI is right now, Coastal at ninth, Southern Miss at 15th, Troy at 35th, Old Dominion at 49th, Texas State 68, Georgia Southern 69, Louisiana 76. And then out, that's at seven in the top 100, App State, Georgia State, South Al, Marshall, all in the top 140. James Madison's at 152, and they got bumped back late yesterday afternoon. Southern Miss still was without any quad four games at all, which is what drove the RPI up um, so much. But this is what's crazy, y'all. Right now, Eagles 22 and 12. People have been, you know, kind of disappointed so far with whatever. Southern Miss is in the hosting conversation right now. This is where they're at. RPI is going to take a little hit um, with Arkansas State coming up. Uh, Louisiana Tech, uh, it'll be a road game, so not so much. Uh, but we will get La Tech. Tulane is not having a good year at all. So the RPI, even though Southern Miss might win down the stretch, um, it may drop a little bit. But I'll tell you what, you go win a series in Conway this coming weekend and beat Louisiana Tech on the road, there's a chance they might crack the top ten. Yeah, and Kelly, too, you got to believe that um, based on last year's team, win the regional against LSU, which is now the number one ranked team in the country, get to a super regional, you go beat Coastal Carolina this weekend, these are ifs, finish the year strong, there's a real chance they would bring a tournament here. Once you get past this trip to Conway this weekend, then teams that you would have expected to have been a little bit higher up, Louisiana and South Al, really the deepest water is this coming weekend. After that, you start going into a wading pool. All right, as far as so, I mean, if you get and you've already got the toughest people behind you, so you've got nothing but but smooth sailing ahead of you, or should have anyway, in the schedule. So when you look at this record and people go, well, but they've lost 12 games. Yes, but I would argue that, the, again, the schedule this year was tougher, that as tough as it was last year, it was even tougher this year. And the Eagles are winning differently this year, Bob. Last year, that awesome. Tenacious pitching staff they had. The Eagles were winning a lot of four to two, three to one games. All right. They bring in some of these sluggers. You know, Wilkes is on track, and now some of these other guys that they brought in, Tate Parker to hit, to hit home runs, to give you that double pop possibility. Well, now you see what they're doing. They're scoring, you know, 11 and 12 runs more often than, than they have been. And it's allowing a pitching staff that isn't quite as good as last year's 
team to have a little bit of mobility, a little bit of freedom to develop without having, you know, being locked necessarily in three to two games. I I know you can't make these comparisons realistically, but I don't believe I've ever seen anyone, when they square up on a ball, hits the ball any harder than Slade Wills. He just absolutely. He swings so hard. He crushes the ball. Start looking at the exit velo. Occasionally, it's over one ten. You know, one of his home runs this week was one hundred eight. I mean, that you know, with with BB Corbats. I mean, that's that that's pretty 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 astonishing. And we, we should ask the old left hander Luke if it's ever happened before that they know of. I don't know if they ever keep records of back to back home runs in successive at bats. Yeah, I, I would doubt that they probably keep that record. I don't ever remember that happening in the forty yeah. some years I've followed the Eagles. It's pretty pretty cool to see it happen multiple times. Right, so, Sun Belt over the weekend. Eagles get to sweep over James Madison. Georgia State uh, defends their home turf. They take two out of three from Arkansas State. Coastal, as Coach Barry mentioned. Uh, Old Dominion had an opportunity to win that series, but Coastal takes two of three on the road over Old Dominion. This was the big one to me. Troy took two of three on the road in the Bayou against against uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Texas State sweeps Marshall at home. South Alabama on the road in uh, in Monroe takes two of three from the Warhawks, and then Georgia Southern takes two of three from Appalachian State. So when the dust settles over the weekend, Coastal all alone eleven and four. But the Eagles, right behind them, all alone at ten and five. Troy, Old Dominion, Louisiana, and Texas State all nine and six, and then Georgia Southern eight and seven, App State at seven and seven, Georgia State, South Alabama at seven and eight, James Madison five and eight, ULM four and ten, Marshall four and eleven, and then Arkansas State at the bottom with at at three and ten. But Kelly, you were talking about the, the schedule coming up. So you got Louisiana Tech. Basically, your your midweeks remaining are two games against Louisiana Tech, two games against Tulane. Typically, you would think going into the season those would be RPI like given games, right? I yes. mean, there's there's no reason why they wouldn't be. The the problem is Tech's at 142, and then the real surprising one, Tulane's at 206. They're 10 and 26 overall. But the the conference side of it, the second half is easier. Of course, we got Coastal this weekend. You get Archie State at home. You get South Al at home. You go to ULM, and then you get Louisiana. Here, here's the the rough news about that. Other than Coastal and Louisiana, all the others are, um, you know, are are plus hundred. So when they're at home, you've got to sweep those because when RPI, the way it works, a a road loss is punished less than a home loss, and a road win. Is is uh, is higher than than a home win. So Eagles need to win the road series and need to sweep at home if they want to keep this RPI like it is. All right, Kelly. When you asked that question, I reached out to the old left-hander, and of course, if you want to know something about the history of Southern Miss baseball, there's there's one source: the left-hander. Here's his answer: There is no record of that from the same game. However, Wilkes and Sargent went back to back last year versus Western Kentucky and UTSA. Well, there's your answer. Quality but, work, Jack. Yeah, great, but, but great not stuff. not in successive uh, at, right. at bats, though. But still, that is pretty that was cool. his point. It, yeah. that, and he he didn't know you know if it had happened, and it, it wasn't just that. I mean, it was you could even break it down further. Right, it was the third and the fifth. Right. So it was within yeah. three innings of each other. You know. Yeah. So Jack knows you want to know something. Go to the old left-hander. Yeah, and and Wilkes isn't. These aren't. Uh, Wind-blown home runs. <laughs> these, these are nasty. <laughs> these are moonshots, man. These are man. nasty, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. They're nasty. 
and he's and he's hitting left-handed pitching now too. You know, I think, he sure is, yeah. Kelly. That's a great point. He sure is. Yeah, because because that was the bum rap on him early. Is that yeah, yeah a right hander he'll eat for lunch, but uh, but lefties can get him out. Not as he's matured as a hitting, I mean, as Coach Barry talked about. He's hitting the lefties now too. Fifteen walks, um, but his own base percentage is almost forty three percent. But guys, the OPS is astronomical. He is he is twelve oh four in OPS. Yeah, that is that is insane. Yeah, I, I got a I got a a baseball friend that sits right in front of us at the, all the home games, and he's from Columbia. And uh, he was telling us the other night he he's followed Slade Wilkes, and he said his senior year in high school that he was just so nasty that toward the uh, middle end of the year they were just basically either walking him or hitting him with pitches, anything to keep him from swinging the bat. And they would do it with the bases loaded. <laughs> That I mentioned it. I mentioned it to coach, but yeah, guys, you remember yesterday? Both of those home runs were three zero counts. Now yeah. they had to groove one on the grand slam because you know you walk, but but the other one, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe they grooved him one on three and zero, and then they grooved him again. But both of those, that that second one was it was a line drive, but man, it hit somebody's truck out there in the roost. It was a shit. Yeah, but let but let me let me throw out there that I don't think they were trying to groove one. I, I think yeah. even on three and zero, they were they just well, made a mistake. As, as it turns out, we've heard a lot about James Madison. They obviously were very good in football, good in women's basketball, but they you know they they were not the caliber of. Team Southern Miss is in baseball. Is that not a fair assessment? It is, and I think when when Luke was talking about winning these series at home, if if these series were to be played today, there's no reason why the Eagles should not sweep South Al and should not sweep, you know, whoever else is coming to town. Right. Uh, your your road series is against Monroe. You know that that's doable with the way the Warhawks are playing. So um, it wouldn't surprise me at all for the Eagles to get to host again. The university itself did a, by all accounts, a tremendous job. Yeah, did a great job at crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. So they've proven that they can be a good host. Got to win this weekend, though. Got to win this series. This you got to win tomorrow night. Yeah, got to keep winning. Just got to keep winning. The series this weekend is going to be huge. That'd be very very big. Who's that? Who was that? <laughs> Was, that was the Trumpster. Phil Hall? He's laying low. The Trumpster's laying low. Where's right, well, Phil Hall? Where's he been? we got to get him back on. Where is he? Where, where the hell is Karnak? Kelnak is Kelnack. supposed to be here this Friday. Is he coming? Well, that's, uh, we, we got to. Did you clear Street it with Bar Joe Paul? Oh, that's right. We got to. From 4th Street Bar and Grill. That'll be exciting. Hump will have to be parked Kelnack up. Kelnak at 4th Street Bar and Grill Friday. Write it down. If you see the camel out in the parking lot, there you'll know go. what's up. All right. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly as we start the week in the Southern Bancourt Studios in Hattiesburg. Hey, and uh, downtown Laurel is beautiful today. We had a, uh, a crawfish festival over the weekend. That they got a lot of rain in the afternoon, but guys, it was like it's like fifty-two teams, and I saw one of the judges yesterday. Can you imagine being a crawfish judge for fifty-two different teams? So, oh, I, I so, bet he was full. So it was like a chili cook-off, but it was yeah, okay. 
We have one of those. That was back in February. But yeah, this one. You, I mean, and I, the guy just basically said that his lips were were burned. So yeah, they, that could be so subjective because I mean, I I love crawfish, but I don't like them real, real hot like a lot of people do. So I guess some of that could be subjective. But yeah, hey, Luke, you've got a, a buddy too that uh, is making some sports news, although not necessarily Southern Miss wise. I will. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a shout out in, in a little later in this segment. Thanks okay. for thanks for reminding me about that. Couple news and notes: Southern Miss Lady Golf down in Daytona Beach at the Sunbelt Conference Championships. Lady Eagles uh, finished yesterday eighth overall. Uh, they're in tenth place uh, right now. Momoko Ando uh, for the tournament right now, one over. Um, she is. Uh, Tied for fifth overall, uh, Lady Eagles post a uh, as as a team are twenty over and just behind James Madison. Hey guys, uh, don't worry, South Alabama is in fifth place. Anyway, just always, just always have to ruin uh, my my fun. Hey, some uh, Lady Eagles softball team. How about them over the yeah. weekend? Yeah, got a sweep. Went over on the road and swept the Lady Warhawks of Monroe. And a great job. Morgan Linestock had a phenomenal weekend, uh, had a complete game over the weekend, struck out 13 different batters. Lady Eagles win 2 to nothing, 3 to 1, 2 and 1, get their first three wins in conference play and improve to 19 and 17. Overall, they will host Nichols tomorrow afternoon in Hattiesburg at 5 p.m. and then uh, get ready to go down to uh, Texas. I'm sorry. Looked at it. Getting ready to host Coastal this weekend. No game tomorrow. I apologize. And you know, can I just say you're failing me? Can I just say real quick about the softball team? Look, I think you know, conference wise, it's been you know a disappointing season. But when you look at overall, um, as to you know the heaviness of that program and some of the things you know, just it's just it's just been a tough place to play. You know, the last couple years, to be quite honest, and for them to come back this year and still be above 500 with some of the teams that they've played and now, yeah. you know, getting their first I just think it's been I think it's it's worth note. It is. 1917. No midweek this week. They will host uh, Coastal Carolina this weekend. But yeah, to your point, the fact that uh, you know, those ladies stuck in there and have believed in the vision of Coach Poole and right. are 19 and 17 right now. Uh, pretty incredible. Beach volleyball was over in Birmingham over the weekend. Lady Eagles came up just short, almost upset number 17 Tulane but fell to Central Arkansas UAB in Tulane. They're 15 and 20 um, on the year. And uh, they will get ready to go back to take on Tulane um, this coming weekend in the 2023 uh, NOLA Classic. So, yeah, Kelly, you brought it up. Uh, guys, a, an American tradition since, what, 1897? What happened today? The Boston Marathon, the running of the Boston Marathon. Kelly, ha- have you ever considered running in the Boston Marathon? No, I, w- I wouldn't drive in the Boston Marathon, let alone, <laughs> let alone Bob, run in it. I actually did back in '89. I finished third. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that, Bob. What? What? I don't like what? What? Two Kenyans beat you, Bob? <laughs> hey, you know, it, and it was kind of a this upset. Uh, I can't ever pronounce his name. Uh, Kipchoge, I think, from Kenya. They were talking about him possibly running a sub two hour marathon which would be you know our world record and i think the winner had it like 205 206 two hours six seconds 26.2 miles but hey guys my buddy daniel sullivan big shout out here he's our worship pastor at um at cross point from ellisville he ran a sub three hour boston marathon today two hours and 51 minutes finished in the top seven percent so jones county in the boston marathon today how many pretty miles incredible. is that luke 26.2. That don't even make sense. Someone would try to run 26 miles, does it, Kelly? Not unless you stole something. 
No, I mean, unless unless it's somewhere I really want to go, I don't want to drive 26 (laughs) Right, right. Less than seven minutes a mile for the entire marathon. Well done. Well done, Daniel. Hey, uh, by the way, we we have another announcement to make that uh, we were not 100% certain of, but we are now. And ladies and gentlemen, this Friday from 4th Street Bar and Grill. The visitor from the east? Is it official? It is official. We have re- we have received the smoke signals. Yes. That- Wait, let me hear my favorite part. Oh, she has to cry here. Oh. Did you change it up? There you go. There we go. Does, official does, now. Can, can Kilmack pronounce Chanticleer? <laughs> is, is that, have we determined that? Uh, I don't think he can, but I don't think it matters. You'd, you'd be amazed at what <laughs> Kelnack will have to say on Friday. What what type of uh, mayonnaise jar will will these be hermetically sealed in? Blue plate? Just, no, just I don't Dukes. know. Dukes. Just, just a, Dukes. a regular mayonnaise jar on Joe Paul's front porch. They'll be hermetically sealed. Don't tell Coach. Uh, don't tell Doctor Paul if he hasn't heard that news. <laughs> okay. we, we really don't want him to know about that. But he will be there, right, at Four Street Barn Grill this Friday. Kelnack the Magnificent. Will we'll Hump park in a handicap zone or will he his own space? <laughs> He'll be outside, but you better not be downwind of him. I don't, I don't recommend it. All right, we're going to go find Slade Wilkes, Billy Odom, and Nick Monastere this afternoon. We'll let you know what they had to say tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.